Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Back here on Oilers Now, Brendan Ulrich with you, 1236 in Edmonton. Dave Campbell behind the glass. We just heard from Bob Stoffer Later on the program, we'll get to your phone calls and text messages at 135-105. Chris Johnson will join us. But right now, we bring aboard our Monday regular. It's John Shannon from NHL Hockey on Rogers. John, welcome back. How are things going? Good, Brendan. How are you? Not bad at all. Hey, before we get into uh, you know some stuff around the league, I want to ask you about what I just asked Bob prior to uh, the news break here. Uh, I'm sure you read Elliot's 31 Thoughts, uh, and in that 31 Thoughts, I want to get to the direct quote so I don't misquote Elliot on this one. Um, but he said uh, about Nicholson's appearance on Hockey Night in Canada that it made him wonder if Edmonton will wait and see who is let go by other teams before making any final commitments. And he said, but the biggest question still is who will be making the final decision about on and off the ice personnel? Will it be Nicholson, Peter Shirelli, Wayne Gretzky, Daryl Cates, or someone else? Now, I just asked Bob this same question, John. Uh, I guess who is calling the shots? And Bob said, well... You know, Bob Nicholson is in charge of OEG, and Peter Shrelly is in charge of the hockey. Are you hearing the same thing on uh, that matter? Well, I, I don't see anything changing, Brendan. I mean, you know, there. Listen, when you lose, as the Oilers have done a few too many times this year, you will end up with a lot more questions, and there's also a, a, an anticipation that changes have to be made. Uh, at least that, that, that's the perception. Uh, but I, I don't see anything changing from Nicholson's perspective. Uh, and I don't see anything changing in the organizational chart that uh, suggests that Bob talks uh, uh, and deals with Peter on a regular basis. The one thing you understand about Bob Nicholson, and who I've known for, gosh, 30 years, uh, and particularly in his time at, at Hockey Canada, uh, Bob is not a dictator. What Bob does, and I think does it as well as anybody in the game of hockey, is he's a consensus builder. So he will talk to a lot of people. Uh, I think that that's Wayne's role in all of this. I still think that Kevin perhaps will have a discussion. Uh, but in the end, Bob will create that consensus and then act on it. And, and will do what's best for the organization. So from, from that perspective, I think Bob's in the right spot. Uh, and, you know, then you have to go to uh, accruing players, and that's Peter's job, and then coaching the players, and that's Todd's job. So status quo for now, I guess we'll see if anything shakes loose in the offseason. Um, I guess where does Paul Coffey sort of factor into all this? Have you heard anything different on his role with the Oilers? Well, I, I mean, I, I think Paul Coffey's role is that of a, uh, a special advisor, you know. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that is part of building consensus. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't say any more than that. I mean, uh, you know, I, Paul was actually in Pittsburgh most of last week at Mario Lemieux's fantasy camp, uh, not around the Oilers. Uh, so, from that perspective, he's got 
lots of other businesses, lots of irons in the fire, uh, and I don't see that changing. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask you about that because there has been some talk on coffee and some speculation, I guess, but uh, it is just speculation at this time. So we'll leave that at that. Um, in terms of uh, the on-ice product, uh, the Oilers have won three in a row here, John, heading into uh, the game against Calgary tomorrow. Cam Talbot stopping pucks again. Connor McDavid's, you know, scoring at a rate we haven't seen before from him in terms of goal scoring. And, uh, you know, things don't look too bad despite uh, where the Oilers are on the standings. Uh, what's your take on the way this team is playing of late and, uh, I guess, evaluating this uh, on-ice product the rest of the way? Like, what to you is something that you're watching for? Well, I mean, don't get blinded. I mean, the team's not going to make the playoffs, and it's terribly disappointing for Oilers fans, and it's terribly disappointing for the organization. Um, so I think what you're looking at is a couple of key components. I mean, uh, whether there's uh, signs of growth, and uh, I mean that with everybody in the organization, the coaches, the players, uh, are those signs that show that this group can work together. Uh, I mean, I like, I love Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the wing on the weekend. Uh, you saw some pretty smart hockey from a guy that uh, has been injury riddled this year. But, you know, he's, he's got such a brain for the game uh, that he was, uh, I think, a pretty good compliment for, for Connor. So, to me, the, that flexibility, and I, that's, I think that's a key word in all this, that flexibility of, you know, thinking that this guy maybe plays the wing. Don't think of him always as a center. Put him over there at the wing. Let Leon be the number two center. And... Maybe there's a bit of a foundation that can be built that this team can work around next year. Yeah, well, Bob and I were just talking about Nugent Hopkins on the wing as well. I mean, if the Oilers were to go out, John, and acquire a left winger, it would likely cost them Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So why not just, uh, you know, try him there and see uh, what they can do together? And I agree. I like what I saw on Saturday. I really like what I'm seeing from McDavid when it comes to shooting the puck as well, John. Uh, he has 123 shots in his last 29 games. He's averaging 4.2 shots per game, whereas in the first 39 games of the season, he was averaging 2.8 shots per game. So his shot numbers are up and his goal scoring is up big time as well. Uh, are you surprised at all just to see McDavid scoring so much more than he uh, was earlier in the season? Not really. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of people from the moment he got into the NHL. Heck, I would even tell you, Brendan, from his last year in Erie, that people were screaming at him in the most polite way, mind you. Um, shoot the puck more. You know, don't, don't, be, don't be unselfish all the time. Uh, to me, this is an indication of somebody trying to take control of his own team. Uh, and the fact that uh, uh, let Crosby and Pittsburgh uh, pick the right moment and rely on yourself first. And I, I, think, it's, I, I, I think having a selfish Connor McDavid can only enhance the Edmonton Oilers in the future. Absolutely, and uh, I know Crosby has won two Rocket Richard trophies. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Connor McDavid eventually wins one. I mean, he's only seven back in the lead right now, likely won't get it this season, but uh, perhaps one day he does get to 50, and uh, maybe it will come next year with the way he's scoring to finish this season. Um, well, 50, 50, means, 50 means something in this league again, Brendan. Oh, yeah. You know, there was a time when it was run-of-the-mill, uh, but... Uh, 50 means something, and if, they, if any player gets to 50, uh, then you know they've done a lot of 
positive things and shot the puck at the appropriate time. Well, there may be uh, three or so this year with the way Malkin, uh, Liney, and Ovechkin are going right now. So I would be surprised if at least one of them doesn't get to 50. It'll be close. Yeah. You know, when you think that, uh, like, Liney and Ovechkin are playing against each other tonight, so they've got 14 games to get 10 goals. That's a pretty good pace, man. Yeah, with you on that. Uh, let's let's talk about the Hart Trophy here quickly, um, because the, I, a lot of the names we're talking about likely in the mix. Um, for you, John, you've been around for a long time covering the game. Does it matter uh, to you if the player that wins the Hart Trophy is in the playoffs? Does to me. Uh, it, it does to me, uh, and that doesn't diminish uh, great seasons like Connor's having. Uh, but this is a team sport. Uh, this this is this is a sport that, and I think it's the ultimate team sport in, in professional sports in North America. Uh, and I, I think that making the playoffs uh, is 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 the the magic that separates uh, the players. And to me, uh, to, to think that the Hart Trophy winner, which by the way is is voted on, and and the voting is complete the day before the playoffs start uh but i think that i think that's very important to to having an mvp there's a lot of people disagree with me even some of my own cohorts disagree with me (laughs) but i think it's important yeah it's a hot debate and uh to be honest as far as i'm concerned i think it matters as well um it's unfortunate for mcdavid who is the best player in the nhl in my mind and he may finish uh, first in scoring, but you look at a guy like Nathan McKinnon, whereas the Avalanche were dead last last year, and now all of a sudden they're in a playoff spot, and he's top five in points. I think he's what actually fourth right now. To me, yeah. that would be my uh, vote. I don't know who you would vote for right now. Well, I mean, I, I, I go back to talking about Pittsburgh again. Uh, the interesting thing is, is that a lot of people are pointing at Evgeny Malkin as the hard trophy winner. But in many ways, Malkin may not even be the most M- the MVP on his own team. Uh, Sidney Crosby has been remarkable this year, and it doesn't. It's not just points. Uh, it's not just goals. Now Malkin has been spectacular. If somebody walked in and said, "By the way, we're going to have co MVPs, Malkin and Crosby," and we had the opportunity to vote it that way, I, I might do that. Yeah, it, it's so tough right now. I don't even know who I would vote for when it's all said and done. Well, I tell you what, there's lots of guys out there that deserve uh, acknowledgement. I mean, Blake Wheeler in Winnipeg, who has done absolutely everything that the, the Jets have asked of him, whether it's play wing or play center when Shifley's been out. Blake Wheeler, I think he still leads the NHL in assists. Uh, I think Blake Wheeler deserves some thought as a Hart Trophy candidate, and look where the Jets are. I think the Jets are one of the best stories in the game. Yeah, fair comments. You could throw Hall in there. Giroux as well. You look at where the Flyers were last year, and Giroux is 81 points, and he just seems to keep going and going down the stretch here. So it'll be a a fun race to the end for the Hart Trophy, and I think, uh, you know, these final 12 or 13 games will matter when when it's all said and done. Um, The Calgary Flames, John, I knew you were around that team a little bit here, uh, following them on the road trip, and the Oilers play the Flames tomorrow. I said to Bob prior to uh, bringing you on, it's disappointing that this game tomorrow doesn't mean more for both teams because at the start of the season, we were looking at the schedule and saying, okay, the Oilers and Flames play two more times to wrap up the season here, and maybe it's for first in the Pacific, or maybe we're looking at home ice advantage in in the first round between these two teams. Unfortunately, not the case. 
No, but it's still the Battle of Alberta. Uh, and uh, I, I think in many ways, when you think that the Oilers, I think, have won seven consecutive games against yep. Calgary. Uh, and Connor, it's funny, I talked to people within the Flames organization. The players in Calgary are absolutely intimidated by Connor McDavid. Intimidated by his speed. Uh, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that uses all those buzzwords of gap control and all that stuff. But the separation that he creates on the ice against Calgary almost more than any other team is remarkable. Um, and so what we're going to see tomorrow night is we're going to see if the Flames, who you know have, <laughs> have played well their last two games at home and lost both of them, uh, to the Rangers uh, and then la- uh, last night to the Islanders. Uh, we'll have to see if they're they're still intimidated by McDavid. I think that's, that's the key aspect of the game tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a killer loss, though, for the Flames last night. Uh, you know, the Kings, the Az, a couple games in hand, so uh, pretty much a must-win game for the Flames, uh, you know, tomorrow night. What was the sense you, uh, you got being around uh, that group lately, John? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure uh, on that organization to get into the playoffs as well. Yeah, I mean, no different than if uh, the Oilers were, you know, a, a two points out of a wild card. You, you know, they, I think people were waiting and hoping Mike Smith would come back and make a big difference. Uh, and, and he did his job. He, it was the two first goal, the first two goals, unfortunate off deflections off of his own teammates, uh, and that really set them back. You know, their starts are so important for that club. And, uh, uh, you know, when they when they started well on the road trip in Buffalo and Ottawa, things were fine. Uh, when they didn't, they, they didn't win in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh served two quick goals. The Islanders last night, two quick goals. You know, that's what they have to watch. They have to watch their starts. And uh, I suspect that will be the same issue tomorrow night at the Saddledome. Just uh, quickly before I let you go, John, you put out a tweet about the Carolina GM search earlier today. And, uh, you know, Dundon, the owner there, uh, I don't know what he's looking for in a GM or how much say he's actually looking to have himself on, you know, hockey-related matters. Uh, I guess, what are you hearing on the search? And what is he, I guess, looking for in terms of a role for that GM? Well, I mean, I think what he's looking for is one of the bright young lights of the game and when I say young, that means younger than me, Brendan, not younger than you. Um, <laughs> so from, from that perspective, there are, are people out there like uh, uh, Mike Fluda, Lawrence Gilman, Tom Fitzgerald in New Jersey, uh, Julian Brisebois in Tampa, Paul Fitton in, uh, in Nashville that are on a list. Uh, he's already conducting phone interviews. He got permission from all the clubs in the last four or five days. He's conducting phone interviews. He's actually in Cabo San Lucas on holiday with his family, uh, and uh, and but talking to these guys and probably getting a feel for where they are and how receptive they are to his ideas and thought process, because that's the key. This job description might be a little different than any other job description as a manager in the NHL, and it will be see interesting to see how he whittles down his list of managers and gets to a final maybe top two to interview and have a decision. I think I expect a decision in the next 10 days. All right, John, we'll leave it at that. And uh, we'll talk again next Monday. Uh, We'll be closer to the playoffs. Can't wait for that. Talk soon.
Okay, Brendan. Talk to you soon. John Shannon, Monday regular NHL Hockey on Rogers. Some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris where two can dine for $120. We have Chris uh, Johnson coming up from NHL Hockey on Rogers at 105. We will go interactive at 135. And we'll hit on a couple of matters. One, the Hart Trophy. Uh... Should Connor McDavid be in the mix here despite the Oilers missing the playoffs? Does that matter to you? Who would be your pick for the Hart Trophy? And also, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Connor McDavid. What did you think on Saturday? Should uh, we see that the rest of the season and uh, find out if Nuge can play there next year as well with uh, Dry Settle down the middle? We'll hit on all of that as we move along Oilers now, but first a quick timeout. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. I have an Edmonton, Brendan Ulrich with you. You can bet that uh, Zach Cassian is pumped up for the Battle of Alberta tomorrow night. A huge game for the Calgary Flames, Dave. And uh, Glenn Gullitson apparently went on a rampage today after practice. Yeah, uh, in about a span of a hundred. Uh, I was going to say 150 minutes. That's <laughs> inaccurate. One minute and 50 seconds, Gullickson like dropped about 20 f bombs. Wow! And he ripped the ripped the flames for everything. You know, any, any anything and everything you can imagine. Of course, they lost five two to the uh, New York Islanders yesterday. Lackluster performance, terrible start, and uh, he was a little snippy. Gullickson was at the media and talking about uh, the, the slow starts as well. Also, uh, just looking at uh, Kristen Anderson's uh, Twitter uh, feed here, she's a beat writer for the Flames, uh, does excellent work. Uh, looks like you now she's just reading between the lines, but it looks like uh, Matthew Kachuk could miss tomorrow's game. Looks like. Like uh, Sean Monahan and Michael Backlund are fine, just maintenance days for them. But uh, Kachuk, who was hurt late in the in the game, uh, looks like he's out for tomorrow. So that's something wow. that the Oilers don't have to contend with. And for the Flames, I don't know; they're only two points out, but it just seems like such a monumental deficit for them. Um, they just they've just been extremely inconsistent. Mike Smith was back yesterday; he looked very rusty. Um, you got to think he'll he'll get better as the uh, as the as the month wears on, but still. The flames are uh, the flames are really reeling right now, and uh, terrible practice today. And Glenn Gulletson let them have it. Yeah, just two points back of a wild card spot, but the Avs and uh, Kings each have two games in hand. So basically, a must win for the Flames tomorrow night. I get why Gulletson's fired up, and it seemed to work the last time when he threw that stick into the stands. Then they go on a bit of a tear after that as well. Yeah. So we'll see if it works again uh, for the Flames. Uh, the Oilers. Have uh, had their way with the Flames of late. We'll see if that continues tomorrow night. By the way, Oscar Clefbaum will not play tomorrow, but uh, Todd McMullen saying after practice today that he could be in the lineup on Wednesday when the Oilers host the Sharks. Uh, it's interesting with Clefbaum. Of course, he had a minor procedure done, and uh, he missed uh, Saturday's game and will miss tomorrow night's game. And then um, McClellan, uh, after the practice or morning skate on Saturday, said part of the uh, procedure was to determine if he's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. So if McClellan is now saying today he could play Wednesday, 
I would assume that that option is uh, not on the table anymore. It looks like they're going to to play him, let him play out the season. So we'll see if he gets in or not on Wednesday. That could change, though. Seems a little iffy every time uh, they talk about Clefbaum. We don't know what's going on there. Uh, clearly he had a shoulder issue earlier in the year. That's really all we know at this point. Uh, 12.58 in Edmonton. We will take a timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by Chris Johnson from NHL Hockey on Rogers.